Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I'm your boy, Just Ray. Another show, episode 14, and we have a fantastic guest. Uh, but before we go on, make sure you comment, like, and share the episode. Join us on Instagram at Scatter Chatter Podcast on IG and Scatter Chatter Podcast on Twitter. And uh, do some things on Facebook, too. Like us on Facebook. Tell your friends family, like us, and also we have a merch store, so if you're a big fan and you want to support us, buy the shirt, and the proceeds from the shirt go towards STEM programs, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, and we have a shirt for India for the COVID relief funds in India. So without further ado, our guest, Alana Garnier. Singer! Hello, Alana. How are you? I'm good. I, I like your intro music. I was over here about to bust some flows, about to freeze flow, sounding like Thunder Cat and fly, like, you know, fly low. It did sound like Flying Lotus. It is Flying Lotus. <laughs> okay, that sounds like that sounds like Fly Low, and like the bass kind of sounds like Thunder Cat a little bit. You know, uh, shout out to all the bassists. I have so many bassists, professional bassists in my family, so. Oh, nice. The bass is my heart. It's almost like more important than the drums. Don't tell any. Oh, well, never mind. They're listening. (laughs) Yeah, too late. (laughs) Hey. So let's get into it. So you, so I know you, we know each other from you being an opera singer, but I never got a chance to have a really deep combo for you. And I think now's the time to talk about it. So tell me how, like, when did that start? Like fifth grade or? Were you just doing stuff in front of the TV and doing Michael Jackson dances during Motown 25? Like, what happened? Oh, Lord. Okay, so how this happened, I mean, even I'm just like, I don't even know how the heck I got here, but I'm here. Hi. No. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I would say, like, um, I went to a public school. It was a K through 12 school in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was called Ramsey International Fine Arts Center. It doesn't exist okay. anymore, but it was a public oh. school, and they made it mandatory for, in addition to like uh, a foreign language immersion program that they had, uh, you had mm-hmm. to uh, play in orchestra. So all the kids started in kindergarten. They all had violins. I think they picked the violin because it was like the lightest instrument 
you know, they had us make some out of like tissue boxes and like, you know, rubber bands or whatever, just to practice with before we got our real one. Um, and I okay. would say too, playing the violin is really good ear training. Certain degree, I have always been a classical musician or classically trained in some way, but I mm-hmm. had no idea I would ever be an opera singer. Um, so I did that for a while. I played violin until I quit in the sixth grade. Uh, so from kindergarten to sixth grade, that's a long time. Uh, I could have been a virtuoso if I kept practicing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. And um, let's see. I would say my first, like, memory of opera is probably a lot of people's memories. is that Sesame Street Carmen episode with Denise Graves. She was singing to Elmo. And I just remember me and my sister watching that episode oh, and us trying to pretend wow. to be Denise Graves. You know, beautiful African-American woman you know, singing Carmen. She's got a gorgeous smile and she's a beautiful person. I got to work with her uh, when I did the production of Porgy and Bess at the Metropolitan Opera. She was, oh my gosh, what was her role? I'm sorry, the lady with the fish. I'm sorry, I've only done Porgy and Bess once. Please forgive me, everybody. But <laughs> no, it's okay. But she was amazing. Like she's like so many people's like, inspiration and like their mentors. So like, you know, she's just amazing. Um so that was my first memory of opera, but actually getting into opera, that didn't happen until I was in high school. I was 16. I was singing in jazz choir and, I guess, classical choir. And uh, my voice teacher at the time, I went to Hawthorne High School, by the way, uh, my music teacher, Miss Devlin, she, you know, pulled me to the side and was like, you know, you have a really good voice. Like, you know, have you taken voice lessons? I was like, no. She's like, well, you should really consider, you know, taking lessons. I have a friend. Um, you know, who could coach you. And, uh, you know, my mom and I met with uh, Miss Devlin again, and, you know, she gave us information. And then uh, we went over uh, to who would become my voice teacher. His name is Donald A. Holtz. Rest in peace. He's not alive anymore, but um, oh, I called him Mr. E. Um, okay. So I went over there. I went to him to give voice lessons. And, oh, my God, that was like the most in- one of the most intense moments of my life. <laughs> imagine being like 16 year old and like going you know to this you know older man's house and like he sits you down and like literally the first thing he says so I know you came here to take voice lessons but I'm here to see if I want to even teach you that was like the first (laughs) that was like the first thing that came out of his mouth like I was just like okay I mean you know I'm not really mad at that I, I have a lot of remarks you know that are very similar to that that could be very blunt so even though it was kind of scary and blunt, you know, I recognize that aspect of my personality and myself. So it was all good. But we ended up, you know, I ended up taking lessons with him. You know, of course, I went in there to sing, like, soul and jazz, you know. And he was like, you know, you could do this, but I, I'm. you could also sing classical music, so I'm going to train you classically. And I was like, are you serious? Like, no. Like, I did not want to go back. But my mom, she convinced me to go. And I'm really glad that she did because it's like even if I hadn't used the training that he gave me, like, it was still a really good foundation. You know, I, I learned a lot, you know, about being a musician and, you know, about this, you know, beautiful art form that I work in. So, anyway, that's the long, as truncated version as I could give you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but, okay, so you went through the training, but where, 
was it just you were just prompted from your parents and from teachers to do it, or what made it like fully on like kick in and you're just like I'm doing this, this is me. Like when did that happen? I feel like I never really committed to like I, you know, now I'm trying to learn how to not take myself so seriously. And, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't take opera that seriously until, like, my, like, third year of college, actually, Mm -hmm. I would say. I'm still kind of fighting the process, you know, for me. Like, now what I'm discovering is, like, you know, a lot of people told you, or not told you, a lot of people told me or will say, like, you need to focus on one thing and, like, you can only do one thing. Like, I heard that a lot in college. Like, you know, you need to pick what you're going to be. And, you know, for me, I need to fulfill every aspect of myself. And, like, I'm not just, you know, an opera singer. I'm, I'm many things. I'm a composer. I'm, you know, a songwriter. I, I do so much stuff. I do other genres besides classical music now. Uh, but I would say I didn't really take it seriously until my third year of college. And I, I had a I, – I'm pretty sure they hated me at the university because I changed – with teachers like I don't know shoes <laughs> I was like uh, wow. this one doesn't fit next I mean I'm not trying to be rude or dismissive but like for me you know I'm from another generation you know I think the earlier generation was like this is what you're given and like you just have to take it and if it doesn't work you need to make it work and for me I'm like this doesn't work for me and like if there's no way around it to make it work then like I need to move on so but I did end up finding my uh, voice teacher at that school, and this was Cal State Long Beach, by the way. That's where I got my uh, bachelor's degree for music. And it mm-hmm. was with uh, Tim McDougal, who's also not alive anymore. Rest in peace. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm like, everybody's dying. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I hate the number eight. I like have, like, I'm just kidding. I don't hate it. But like my two voice teachers that passed away, I studied with both of them for eight years before they passed. <laughs> but oh, no. Um, no, I'm not a serial killer. No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't joke like no. that. But. <laughs> no, but still, it's just sad. Like you lose all your good teachers. You know, you you were the I last know. to get the best from them, and then exactly. I guess you got to pass it on now, right? I I guess. I you know I hope I come to the place where I'm able to do that. Like right now, I'm still figuring it out. You know, my voice has transitioned a lot <laughs> you know I've probably sang every you know repertoire there is in the book well almost every I haven't really touched Wagner I haven't touched Wagner at all actually except for as a chorister uh, but you know I've definitely you know have you know done some really light or things that are considered light singing I don't know so we have this whole Fox system and opera it's like how they categorize voices um, I'm a soprano, by the way, which is like the highest female voice. And then there are like category, subcategories within that, like some sopranos sing, you know, really uh, florid or like a lot of fast moving notes. They call that a coloratura and they usually sing higher and they don't have mm-hmm. like a good lower end or like low or like middle portion of where the voice sits for a woman. And then some mm-hmm. women sing more lyrical and then there's like, you know, different color and like weight for the voice. So there's this way of like categorizing voices that they do. They do it to all, you know, bass, baritone, tenor, mezzo, soprano, but the sopranos have it the worst. And I'm a soprano. So <laughs> I have sang <laughs> Great. 
probably every kind of rep, you know, some rep that I won't talk about on here because if people knew I could sing it, they would just hire me for that thing. And I'm like, but that's not my thing. I can do it, but I'm not going to do that for a living. (laughs) So um, I have been all over the place. Um, I, I don't know, as far as my instrument is concerned, it's very confusing for people. Like they can't, I don't know. I now I kind of feel like maybe that's how Whitney Houston felt. You know, she's like very small frame, beautiful woman, and she's got all this sound and like but all this beauty. But she got the on her voice. Exactly. Like that's kind of me. Or as my current voice teacher Reed Bruton says, he's like you're like a pipe organ. He's like you have a long neck, and he's like that explains like why your voice is the way it is. You know, but you know, unfortunately, you know, I think in the classical music world. I'm not trying to put anybody down. This is just my opinion. Let me preface it with that. But in my opinion, uh, people are really afraid of artistry these days, and they're afraid of, like, having something different and special. Like, you know, I see that a lot. I'm not just talking about myself, but, like, things like I have traveled to Europe and heard many young singers, and I am, like, they're amazing. Like, why are they not like, you know, main stage singers? Like they have a unique voice. They have stage presence. They look good. They have everything, you know, but I think, you know, there is some trepidation, you know, and I don't know why that is. I mean, I have my theories or whatever. I could probably spend two hours talking about it. I'm not trying to go there today. No, uh-uh, <laughs> but, no, no, that's um, why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here. But, you know, I definitely think that, uh, you know, opera is in need of a transformation, if you will, specifically opera, mm. I would say. I think, like, symphonic music and, like, it's going to be fine. People always want to go to hear the orchestra, but like opera, it's in need of a revamp, a makeover. I don't know. You know, to me, opera okay, so needs to return. Oh, go ahead. We talk about classical music singers or opera singers. I'm I'm familiar with the the baritones, uh, like the Pavarotti, uh, Bucelli. Um, I actually mm-hmm. seen them live. So mm-hmm. what? Are, like, uh, can we back up a minute? Oh, those so, are both tenors, you, by the way. Okay, okay. Andrea Bocelli, I, I, I think. I, he might be a bird. I think he's a tenor. I'm not sure about Andrea Bocelli. Sorry, guys. But Pavarotti is definitely a tenor. Okay. Um, so what So what are, what are the rankings? So you're soprano. He's a, that's mm-hmm. a tenor. What are the other ones that I'm missing? I, I think you mentioned them. But can you oh, go yeah, through I mentioned the all of them. So from the bottom to the top, we have the okay. bass. Okay. Then we have a category that's called bass baritone. That's actually okay. kind of in between being a bass and a baritone. I would say more like the Mozart roles for men. There's a lot of bass baritone roles in Mozart operas. Is, is then we have Barry, baritone. Is that Barry White? Is that Barry White? Barry White. I guess he would be like, I, I don't know, maybe he would be a bass baritone or a bass. Um, okay. I don't know. He's kind of grovelly and scary. Like. <laughs> Barry White has always creeped me out. Like, I don't understand people. Like, this is baby making music. I'm like, uh, no. No. <laughs> but, um, okay, so we've gone, uh, there's, those are like the three lower to mid range male voice. And then we have tenor, which is like the higher male voice. And then we also have counter tenor, which is 
uh, a very high, high male voice, almost sounding like a mezzo-soprano, you know, or like I've played counter tennis for people and like they would swear it's a woman, but it's a man. Um, so it's like very high. Uh, and I think uh, counter tenor, that's uh, more, I don't know, maybe now like the newer operas might write for counter tenor, but I feel like counter tenor was really for like more like Baroque or like the early music. Um, and like some of Mozart operas um, okay. could be sang by counter tenor or mezzo soprano. Okay, so then mm-hmm. for the women, we have mezzo soprano, which is like I don't know, I guess the lower female voice, and then soprano. But I mean, mezzo is just like the lower soprano; like it just sits lower. Uh, a lot of times, you'll find that they actually sing the same notes. It's just where the placement is, how the line is written that differentiates. And um, then the timbre as well. Um, but then it so starts getting okay, confusing. So oh, so sorry. Like Sade, <laughs> let's do like somebody we know, Sade, Mariah Carey. Where are they at? Okay, so Mariah Carey, she does like a lot of runs and riffs, and she sings high, like she has a whistle register. So, you know, you could put her in like the coloratura category. However... She's got a lot of rasp, and, like, her voice does like to sit, you know, lower. So, I mean, I don't know where that would place her in the upper world. But we'll say that Mariah Carey is a very high soprano, you know, call her to her since she can do a lot of riffs or, you know, a lot of florid moving, a lot of notes. Um, And then, I'm sorry, I don't know, Tony Raskin, that would be like a mezzo, I guess. But, again, it's kind of really hard to compare pop music to classical music because I feel like for women it's actually written higher if that makes sense like the okay. most standard pop music I don't know maybe okay. like Whitney Houston is a mezzo soprano like where she's singing okay okay um you know and the mezzo soprano you know they still have high notes they still sing like you know a B above the staff you know, even possibly, like, if you look at, like, Verdi operas, there are roles that, like, it just shows the whole voice. And it could be a soprano mm-hmm. or a mezzo-soprano singing it. It's just, like, a complete voice, everything, from the low all the way up to the high. So there's a lot of confusion. I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, so. I'm sure there, if you go on YouTube, that's probably a good resource for this. If you look up, like, you know, operatic, like, mezzo versus soprano, I'm sure there are a lot of compilation videos using, like, some of the classical or not, I don't know, do we call them opera singers or classical singers uh, of, like, the the last century uh, as examples? So, I mean, I can name, you know, opera singers. I mean, you know, but then you have to look them up. So I would suggest that. That might be helpful. Um, or okay, even you, if you okay. were to, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Do you have a top five that besides Pavarotti, uh, Bocelli, or even, like, other black classical singers that you can name off the top that people should look into? Okay, Lantine Price, that's my girl. Like, that's my, like, I don't know what to say. Go listen to her. I, I think her and, like, the Houston, like Whitney Houston, I think they're related, low-key. Like, don't quote oh, me wow. on that, but I think I read that somewhere. She's still alive. She's, like, in her late 90s. But Lane Team Price, like, that is, like, that's that's my girl. Okay. African-American, soprano, spinto soprano. 
Um, let's see, uh, Florence Quivar. I feel like that's a name that's like not mentioned as often. Um, she's amazing. Like her low notes. Oh my God. Like, I don't know, like just her voice. Like I, I was so impressed. I didn't hear, I didn't know about her until like I coached with her and I was like, okay, who's Florence Quivar? And then I found all of her music on there. Oh my God. So, okay. Shirley Verrett. Um, she is, um, I don't know, I guess what they call, uh, Schwishen. She sings both soprano and mezzo. Um, she's very impressive. Like her, again, her lower register is just so impressive. Like you just wonder, like, is that, how is that possible to like make all that sound? It's so resonant. It's loud. Um, let's see. Um, I already talked about Denise Graves. I love her. She's beautiful. Um, okay. Well, Grace Bumbry, um, trying to think I'm like I'm trying to specifically go to like African-American you know female singers because I have a whole list of people and it's it's, it's everybody um <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm forgetting you said five um well, I, mean, I mean I, I mean, can name my top five top. I mean I mean my top five were like sopranos uh okay so Lantine is number one Matra Caballé but the rest are not in any order um <laughs> Anamofo, um, it dep- I don't know. It it depends. I just like beauty, like beauty of voice and like execution. You know, there's some mm-hmm. things that people do really well. You know, or like you want to listen to this certain aria or song sung by this certain person because they execute it in a way that is like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Roxana. Uh, I don't know if it's Brebon. I, I don't know, but she's amazing. She's not alive anymore. Um, very mm. promising. I think she, I want to say she's Romanian. Um, of course, Maria Callas, like, you know, that's a very controversial voice, you know, just because like, it's not the prettiest instrument, but her phrasing is amazing. And like, uh, I don't know, just her like artistry, like that's what you want to strive for. Like, you know, I know there's that quote of, like, you know, everybody was born original, but, you know, sadly they die a copy or whatever. But, like, you know, she's the epitome of, like, being a unique original person and, like, taking on these are the things, the faults with my voice, this is how it sounds, and, like, I'm still going to sing a beautiful line and I'm still going to bring the house down, I'm going to bring the power and bring the sensitivity, all of that. So you can look up all those people I named. Um, no, there's I a bunch will. of people I'm, I'm, I'm missing, but, um, you can just jump down the rabbit hole with those people. And of course, you know, if you want to listen to people who are living, um, there is Latanya Moore, there's Angel Blue. I feel like I'm just naming off the cast of Porgy and Bess right now from the Met, <laughs> <laughs> Graves, <laughs> Eric Owens. No. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Um. Why is it going? Uh, um, oh my God, uh, Roberta Alexander. Oh my God, she sings "Sure on This Shining Night" by Samuel Barber. I have never heard that done better. Oh my God, beautiful. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
So just jump down the rabbit hole. I try to give you guys a, a bunch of names of like old school singers, and then like That's you know enough. that aren't That's living anymore, and then like, people that are alive right now. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about your academic training. Like, okay, so you did the academic training. What? How? How does that give you like an appreciation for music? Like, what did that teach you? Like, outside of what you would think you would normal normally learn? Like, you learn about uh, how to place music. What does a A note sound like? What does a B flat like? What did it really give to you to aid you in your career? Okay, so my academic, uh, we'll start with undergrad. Um, I feel like I was very much under the radar. You know, the thing with the universities is that, like, if you're not in the in crowd, and I'm sure this is everywhere with the arts or anything, if you're not in the in crowd or the favored people, like, you, you don't get to do much. That was my experience in undergrad. And okay. I'm, I'm not going to try to defend myself and say that I was, like, necessarily really focused or that my voice was in the development of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just how it was. Um, so I kind of learned that, like, you know, there are circles. And if you're in that circle and people like you, that is helpful to you career-wise. That is helpful for you to make moves. And that's how it is in, in every art form especially because it's all subjective. It's all what people think you know, that are making decisions. It's just like, you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Like, he was around a certain circle of people, and he knew he could just put whatever. I'm not trying to knock his art, but, you know, he he knew that it didn't matter what he put on the canvas, that people were going to buy it based upon the circle that he was in. There's lots of circles. I got a Sharpie, and I'm going to draw my own circle. No, that's good. (laughs) That's pretty much, Um, you know what? I appreciate his art, but that's what it looks like, and I'm glad someone else agrees with me or sees my perspective. Like, if you just hang around with the right people, you do whatever art, like, people will support that shit. Not yeah. logic. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is, and I feel like, you know, that's the whole definition of, like, what is success. Like, you know, as an opera singer, somebody might be like, the definition of success for me is that, you know, I need to be singing at the Met, you know, and La Scala and, like, all these A opera houses, you know, and, like, that can be attainable for some people, but maybe for other people that's not realistic. Like, maybe for somebody else, success could be that they are a concert artist, you know, and they perform locally, but they have a lot of work and they're able to sustain themselves. You know, I, I think, you know, it's about your mindset and how you're looking at stuff. Okay. So the, I didn't learn that. academic practice, though. The academic <laughs> but practice, academic, I, I learned about the circles. <laughs> the, oh, okay. From so a college, the circles. Okay. So I learned that. Um, I learned that people are, they, they really try to, like, in in school, like, going to school for music is, like, just as difficult as being in pre-med or, you know, going to school for engineering it is very demanding and they try to weed you out, you know, and, you know, that can definitely be applicable to life, I would say, but not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, What Mm -hmm. else did I learn? I learned that I love composing music. I think my favorite class was, uh, actually my favorite class was counterpoint uh, in undergrad. 
It's where they teach what you is that? What is how. That exactly? uh, it's like writing parts for like up to four voices. You learn all these rules, oh, no. how to like how you know the notes have to move in a certain way. Like they all can't be moving, you know, in the same way. They can't have this amount of distance between the notes. You know, you write like a fugue. Um, that was my final project. I'm still mad at my professor. I hand wrote my fugue and he kept it. <laughs> I wanted it back. <laughs> I hope he framed it. Man, I stayed up all night writing that thing. Whew. Oh. Wow. And I had to call my former voice teacher, Brian Farrell. I had to call him to come and play it. And he played it. He side read it like nothing. He was like, girl, I got this. Don't worry. I had a couple wrong notes on there. But it was really good, actually. I was I was pretty pleased. I think Bach would be, I think Bach would be okay with that. Um, but I learned that I love composition. Um, what else was it? Modern materials. I think that was the one where, like, you learn, like, we got to learn about, like, Coltrane and like other like I don't know who is that Steve Reich like all the like more like like even though Coltrane is like you know jazz artist not really classical but you know he still had some things that were applicable to classical music so we kind of got to learn like one class is about like you have to follow these rules and like you can break the rules but like you need to stay on the rules basically and the other one was like we understand the rules, but we're not following any of these things. And, like, you know, just write music, but, like, you got to pick, you know, a composer of some sort and, uh, you know, write a piece like them or using a certain scale or whatever uh, or a certain mechanism. Like, they had, I forget what it's called, um, but, like, I forget what the method is where, like, you know, somebody literally, you know, wrote some notes on a piece of paper and shook them up and then, you know, threw them up in the air and scattered them on the floor in whatever order they came in. That's how you do it. And there's something called serialism where, like, you, uh, you know, you have a 12-tone row and, like, you got to use, you know, these notes in a certain way and you can't repeat them until you finish the 12-tone row. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Like Schoenberg, he I think he's pretty famous for that. And um, oh my gosh, who did I just do? Um, ah, one of my favorite operas about the boat sex. Oh my gosh, my mind's going blank right now. But the composer of that and Lulu, he's really fantastic with like serialism. Like I don't know, he's able to like craft these incredible melodies that you're like. Like, the, everything, not everything is atonal, but a lot of it is, so it doesn't have, a, like, a tonic center. It doesn't sound like a song that's in, you know, C major or A minor or whatever key. Uh, it just is, but there are moments where it has a tonal center. Anyway, I can talk about this also for hours, but I learned that I was really <laughs> interested in that, and, like, that, that aspect of my life is important to cultivate yeah, besides okay. just being I, I see that. Okay, I'm going to reel it on in. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, because like the thing is, I, I want the <laughs> listeners to understand, like, even for me, like, okay, I went to art school, went to art institute, and um, just understanding, like, the artistry behind music. It's not just, like, music and just understanding, like, cleft notes and bass notes and writing. Mm-hmm. It's also the musicianship and lear- learning how to, like, actually write, compose things on your own once you learn the basic fundamentals like the same thing like mm-hmm. for art, like when you're doing graphic design and art directing, 
you learn about color and uh, how color, different types of color and how contrasting colors and things of that nature, typography and how type works with each other and how to fit them together, letting, kerning, and all these different terms, and then how to work it with the technology and traditional methodologies, and then you apply that to modern artistic stuff, and yeah, it, it just goes and goes and goes. It's just a deep rabbit hole. It never stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had to climb out of that hole right now. I was like, girl, you talking yeah. too much. <laughs> uh, what else so. did I learn? I learned to have a tough skin, I think, over time. Like, now I've learned to, like, just t- don't necessarily take things personally because I feel like a lot of times when people say stuff to you, like, that's their fault. Like, it has nothing to do with you. Like, they just tell right. you. Even in auditions, somebody might not like you because you remind them of your their ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or whomever, you know, partner. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, it might not have anything to do with you or it might be because somebody has a better resume than you, you know, and it's just it's not personal. Like, we spend so much time, like, crafting our voice and, like, making our performance personal. But, like, that's where it stops. Like, as far as, like, what people's opinions are of it, like, that has nothing to do with you. That was a hard lesson because I used to take stuff personally. Man, I would go home and cry because I'd be like, man, what am I doing wrong? Like, I did everything they asked me to do. I went back and, like, I fixed. You know, I wasn't always, like, the greatest. I don't think it was that I wasn't the greatest performer. I just think to a certain degree, like, I have stage fright, I guess, or, like, I guess I can be bashful in front of people. Like, that's something I'm still working through, you know, and just not having that confidence, you know. But at the same time, I mean, I've seen, man, I've had some things said. I'll never forget I did a competition, and somebody literally said, all we have to do is just stand there and sing. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) And I was just like, wow, I'm going to go out there and give a performance. And I did. this is when I finally started coming to my own. That person that said that got second place. Like, you know, and I was like, man, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, but, you know, I think that just goes back to, like, not taking things personally and also not taking myself that seriously. I'm I'm really working on that. Like, like it's, okay, not, so, it's not that so, serious. Okay, so that's interesting because that was going to bring me to my next question. Like, how did you manage the ups and downs? So, I mean, coming out of college, you weren't, you weren't getting like jobs unless you really were. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, no. How did you manage You're that? Right. Like the like like damn like okay now I gotta go fucking I gotta go work at the movie theater until like I get this first gig. How did you manage that? Or how did you get to that point to where it's just like okay I gotta turn this stuff down? Like where was the beginning so, of that? Like what was that like? After I graduated from Cal State Long Beach. I went straight to grad school. I went to the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Um, So I moved out of state for a couple of years. Uh, I did training there. That was, like, probably the best uh, academic experience I've ever had, Um, Mm -hmm. even compared to, like, the summer programs and things that I've done, or I guess they'd be considered young artist programs. Um, Just because I had so many opportunities to, like, perform and, like, cultivate myself. And it was a very nurturing environment. It wasn't so competitive, you know. And, you know, at that place, I was one of the favored people. So I was in that circle. So that was helpful. Okay. Again. Okay. <laughs> That's the theme so of today's we're winning. podcast. We're in the circle. Circle. 
All right. So I was in the circle there. So, so that was really helpful for me to like cultivate a lot of things. But at the same time, you know, there's definitely a lot of confusion vocally for me because my voice was changing and, you know, I was studying with Vincent Cole at the time. He is an amazing tenor. You guys can find him on YouTube. And, you know, we did not agree on repertoire. Now, I understand, looking back, like, where he was coming from. He was like, if you sing this kind of rep, like, you have a good middle low. And if you sing caller tour rep, like, you'll get the job. You'll win the competition. You'll do this. But I don't know, for some reason, I just always kind of felt like that was against my soul, if you will, or, like, the music that I felt was inside of me saying, you know, I like that Verismo, like, Puccini, Verdi, you know, I don't know, soulful, the soulful classical music. I'm, like, kind of a serious person, and so I think I like serious music. Not that the other music is, you know, not serious, but I don't know. I just like music with some depth, some soul. You know. So you're not going so, to listen to anyway, but I, I'm not disagreeing soon. with. I'm sorry. You're not going to listen to Future or Juicy J anytime soon. Nah, but YouTube makes me listen to it sometimes. You're like, oh, you listen to this? You listen to hip hop? Here, let's put on Future. And I'm like, <laughs> ten seconds in, I'm like, okay, that's cool. All right, I'm gonna turn this back on. I'm not hating. You know, there's music okay. for everybody. There's art for everybody. Like it's like being in a gallery. If you don't see the okay. potential in the picture, then you can just walk on to the next one. That's me. <laughs> All right. So, okay. But anyway, so long story short, so I had the best time in grad school as far as, like, experience and opportunities were concerned. Um, so when I came back, I moved to L.A. Um, I worked at a retail store, which I will not name, but that's the retail store that I met you at. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> um, and I didn't sing for a year. Like, I didn't do anything for a year. Like, man. Oh, that's it was cr- I needed a break. Like, I needed a mental break. Like, going from high school, being an AP student, you know, passing all but a- AP calculus. That was the only AP exam I didn't get credit for. But everything else I passed. I went from there, you know, going straight into, you know, undergraduate school, straight to graduate. And I just needed a break. So I took a year off. I didn't do anything. Um, then I auditioned for the... LA Master Chorale, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to get into this ensemble. I know a lot of people in this ensemble, and, like, they're just better musicians than me. Like, you know, I have a very high expectation. Like, my expectation is to not make a mistake and sing like a computer. And, like, that's not possible for me. Like, I make a lot of mistakes, but, you know, that's Mm -hmm. called being human. And I realize that now. Like, it's just a mistake. It can be corrected. (laughs) So I auditioned for that ensemble, and I got in as an auxiliary chorister, which means that, like, you only get certain calls. And at the time it was um, – I don't even think it was called auxiliary. It was called something else, which I don't remember. But, uh, like, you got – you did all the work that people in the crowd did, but you got paid, like, for gas, basically. <laughs> like, oh, you didn't get wow. the contract. So, but I only sang one concert on that list. Every other concert after that, I uh, got a full um, got a full contract. I did stuff with the LA Phil, 
you know, in addition to the LA Master Corral. And if it wasn't for those gigs, I was actually homeless at the time. I'll have to write a book because this is just too much to try to fill in. <laughs> but I was homeless at the time, and I was living in a hotel. We didn't have a car, so we couldn't live in a car. Um, but, yeah, if it wasn't for the Master Corral, man, I don't know. I mean, I can't really say I don't know because I'm, I'm under the impression that, like, I trust the process. You know, I know God or the universe creator whatever y'all whatever people want to call it you know i know i'm covered you know i'm I'm not having to worry like you know so i'm sure something else would happen but you know looking back the la master corral that was my opportunity at that time and if it wasn't for them it wasn't for that organization i don't know i don't know where i'd be i'd be on skid row someplace (laughs) brah so So, um, and then I, that same year I auditioned for the LA Opera Chorus. I didn't get in, but I did audition the next year and I got my first production, which was Carmen. Uh, oh man, I don't know where to begin, but I'm not even going to start. So, uh, <laughs> then I ended up singing in both those ensembles, uh, LA Master Corral, I sang for five years and LA Opera, I sang for four years. Um, yeah. So what was it like trying to, I don't know, handle the ups and downs to get to all of that? Um, I don't really know. I feel like it's to some degree, like, kind of all a blur. But, you know, I feel like I do what, like, most black people do. Like, we always try to make light of a situation, try to laugh, you know, try to stay positive, try to make fun of ourselves, you know, stay in that Mm -hmm. kind of energy. So I think that's what got me through the ups and the downs of my life, which I might write a book about now. <laughs> I mean, I sounds like you should. Um, <laughs> I probably okay, so should. Wait, you're going through that. That Okay, what, is, what does that look like for the, the contractual agreements? Were there any, like, uh, were discrepancies with the contracts? Because I know, like, for me, doing graphic design, there's contracts, and then people don't abide by them, or what were your things that you learned or something that you could share with somebody in the contracts or dealing with the contractual agreements in the thumbos or can you share that stuff? Oh Lord, just Ray is trying to get me in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. Oh no, um, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, all of the work that I have done, uh, or I should say the majority of the work that I have done has been under union of some sort. So okay. most of the work that like all the LA opera houses or not all the LA opera houses. Well, what am I saying? Let me start over. Sorry. All, all the opera houses are the big ones, at least like LA opera and the Metropolitan opera that I have sang at. They're all, uh, they do contracts, you know, with AGMA, which is the American, wait, hold on. American guild of, musician and artist. I hope that's right. I think that's what it stands for. Uh, okay. But it's I didn't that know that. That's a so they negotiate. We have like delegates. They negotiate contracts, you know, every X amount of years. Um, you know, they try to really take into consideration what the singers want and put that in their contracts. But of course, that doesn't always happen. I feel like in a lot of cases, what we want doesn't happen. But, you know, that's how these things go. That's how the government works. Something's got to change. So, wait. But so until then. So, Agma, is it hard to get in? 
I don't believe so. I forget what you have to do in order to be in like standing. Like they're all different. Like you know about like SAG AFTRA. Like you have to. Right. It's not like that where like you have to like do, you know, a job with you know that was under the union to be eligible to then pay you know the initiation fee and all that. And I've done stuff under SAG AFTRA too. I'm not a part of that union. Um, but I, I did do some film soundtracks as a chorister, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, all of that is under like contract negotiations, but I mean, I've, I've negotiated payments for myself for like recitals, uh, for like, you know, different places or like, they'll make you an offer and you can be like, okay, I'll accept this or no, I'm not going to accept this. Can I, you know, you can negotiate for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I've done that. I've had other people negotiate stuff for me, and I've been like, okay, that's cool. Um, so I guess it's more like freelance work. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's always things that I don't agree with, you know, within our union. Um, okay. But you know, it's everything's under collective bargaining. So if enough people don't disagree with it or are fine with it, then that's what happens. Mm. So but they try to like protect artists, you know, you know, they do, you know, they do their best. You know, I feel like how I'm saying it is like very simple, you know, scale down to like what actually happens. But um, what can I say? I guess if I wanted to make a difference, I could, try to be a delegate or get on a board somewhere or something. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm always working on trying to be less complacent these days. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, but, so uh, are you, you so um, alright, let's talk, let's start this. Uh, your voice. Protecting your voice. Do you have a certain diet or a certain thing you have to do to manage it over the course of usage or whatever, because that's your, I don't know, your tool. Um, so like, as far as like substances that people abuse most commonly, like alcohol and cigarettes, I do neither. Um, but I know people okay. that smoke cigarettes, they'll, they'll smoke a couple of cigarettes and then go on stage and perform. I won't name names, but I, they, they know who they are. <laughs> cigarette air um, or regular cigarettes? Uh, oh, all of that. I mean, people, you know, smoke marijuana. Mar- marijuana. Mar- <laughs> I promise I'm not drinking. <laughs> I'm drinking fresh squeezed orange juice right now. <laughs> uh, uh, air quotes orange juice. <laughs> Air cold orange juice, people. Uh, cold pressed orange juice. That's what I said. That's what they. Um, that's what they call it in the street. Whoo. Okay. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, you know, people people do all kinds of stuff, but I'm I'm not one of those. Um. You know, I have like. Maybe done edibles, not for singing, but like mostly if I but can't sleep, Yo, or like if I don't feel good, I, okay. I've done edibles, but I, I don't do them all the time. Uh, I have been on various diets, 
I don't even like calling them diets, really. It's like there's just certain things that, like, maybe people shouldn't eat. It's like being an animal. Like, you can't feed dogs chocolate or, you know, they have dietary concerns, you know, because it just doesn't work for their body. And, like, you know, we as humans, I don't know that we're any different, really. You know, there's probably a lot of things that people are conditioned to eat that they probably shouldn't be eating. So I don't know. I have an enlightened diet. I don't know. I I am. I don't even like saying vegan because I feel like there's a whole bunch of like processed bad vegan food. Um, but I just like to eat whole food. That's where I am right now. I'm doing some cleansing right now. Shout out to Shalom Health Services. <laughs> um, so my diet. Oh my God. When I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this cleanse. Like I'm used to like okay, you know, being restrictive or, like, not eating this or that. Like, I'm cool with that. I can be disciplined. But, like, this list of, like, things I could eat, I was like, where is the seasonings? I'm like, oh, my God. But now I'm on a whole another like, culinary journey because I'm, like, really tasting food as in its pure form. It's kind of amazing. Like, I feel like a, I don't know, alchemist or something. You know, because I'm, like, just using whole foods and, like, realizing that they actually have a ton of flavor. But, like, oh, like, I didn't need to put Lori's, you know, seasoning salt on this. It already, <laughs> we don't, it already had flavor. Anyway. Oh I'm, I'm not. I'm just being silly right now. Uh, I'm not using, I might have used Mrs. Dash. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, I got a covered full okay, of wait, seasoning. All right. I'm going to be Oh, Lord. It's bad for you guys. Like, how do you avoid that? Like, besides not drinking milk. Wait, how do I avoid what? Mucus. Yeah. And... Oh, mucus? Uh, well, there's a plethora of ways. I mean, I know a lot of singers that have, like, sinus issues. You can get what's called a neti pot. You know, where you basically okay. put some warm water that's purified with a special salt. I forget what kind of salt it is. I have some in my cupboard. And you put that through your one side, one nose hole, touch your head, and it goes through the other, and vice versa. They also have saline sprays. Um, you can use that. Um, but, I mean, I've heard singers, you know, clearing their throat or, like, you know, they have mucus. You know, I don't know. I don't really have that problem because I don't really eat many mucus-causing foods. That feels okay. like a shout out to Dr. Savy, but <laughs> been there, oh, done that there one too. Dr. Savy. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't really have that issue. I've never really had that issue. Um, I feel like okay. as far as sustaining my instrument and having stamina, like that's not really an issue for me. I'm not sure if that's a genetic thing. I've heard it okay. explained that way. Um, but it just is what it is. I mean, you know, I think it's just the whole idea that, like, you need to know the ins and outs of your instrument, what's your limitations, how to push it when it needs to be pushed, mm-hmm. and how to cope. You know, you got to know when okay. to shift in. It's like driving a stick shift. What's the right gears to be in? And, like, I think, you know, problem, too, with people singing these days. But anyway, I'm giving my opinion again. So let me stop. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a professional. You should be able to give your opinion. So uh, with that being said, you were talking earlier about genres. I don't know if there's genres mm-hmm. in classical music 
if there's genres in what you do. So that's a question in itself. Is is there, or is it just it's just classical music? And that's it. Deal with it. So uh, classical music. Uh, when you say classical music, I feel like it stands for all the time periods. But uh, I don't now. I don't like saying classical music, but that's what I'm gonna call it. Classical music is classic. It's from the past. They break them down into like certain time periods. So like you so got like your the Baroque, the Renaissance. The... Exactly. You have like the Baroque period. You have the classical period. You have the Romantic period, uh, et cetera, you know. And then you have like today, like, you know, where like it's all up for grabs. Like you have like neoclassicism, you know, where they're going back to classical music or you have like more avant-garde style of music. So I feel like really classical music is categorized by time period. And what the styles okay. were during that time. Okay. And so when you say classical music, that is a specific era, like what is that, the 1700s or something? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys. I don't like dates. Um, <laughs> I forget my birthday sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, everything is categorized by time periods. That's how classical music, and you can tell because there are just certain traditions or styles of that period that is like, that is characteristically that period. It's just like our pop music today. Like, there'll be like trap music. That is characteristic of, what is it, 2020? What is it, 2016 to 20 whatever? I don't know when people started having trap houses and doing all that. Trap and drill music and... Exactly. So it's oh. like the times or like when you talk about pop music, like you're talking about the music from the 60s versus 70s or the 80s. Like I'm sure I, I'm sure there are names for like those time periods in music. I don't know them. Sorry, guys. Or forgot them. But um, that's how the, that classical music, uh, that's how it's uh, categorized by time period. And then you'll right, see so later know. on you get that you, you'll see a, you'll see different nods to that. Um, oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm going blank here. Uh, Berg. Al- Alban Berg. He does a great job in Vodzek of, like, he has all these, like, what are considered avant-garde styles of music. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, like, serialism, atonal uh, music, all these things, and it sounds like a, kind of a mosh pit mess. I love it. But then he'll write, like, you, you'll hear, like, a fugue or, like, some kind of, like, old, like, tradition. He was like, wait, what? So that you'll kind of get that as well, you know, with, like, the more modern music as you get to the 20th and 21st centuries. Anyway, mm. now I'm sounding like okay. one of my professors. No, no, you, I mean, you technically are. You need, like, some credential. You pretty much could probably teach. Um, uh, I probably could, but uh, maybe in 20 years. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so so we before uh, we started the, the podcast, we were talking about the kind of like the progression of doing music because of the whole COVID thing and like they're closing down. Sometimes they close down the concert halls. So even with, even with your situation, 
maybe not even yours, but just any singer, like the fame part of it, like you haven't just, have you ever branched out to doing other genres, like more popular genres to bring light to classical music or are you just sticking with what you do and focusing? Like you like, oh like my you would do like a rap track I, with, uh, I don't know, Pharrell or something. Oh, I love Pharrell. He's like one of my favorite producers from childhood. Uh, he and Timberland. Timberland I see you, you and Timberland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are for real. What do you think? No. Um, shoot, can we throw Quincy Jones in there too? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> do it. I mean, that works. Quincy Jones. Um, works. I am open to do anything, really. Like the sky is the limit. Like I'm one of those people that like I don't need to be limited. That was the thing I hated about being at the university. Always being limited. You have to do this. You can you can only do this one thing. I'm like that's really not good advice. Like, successful people are diversified, and, like, that's how we need to be. I mean, if you look at Dudamel, the L.A. Phil, like, they're very successful. Why? Because they diversify. They don't just do classical music. They are, you know, collaborating with pop artists and keeping themselves relevant. And, you know, I don't necessarily know if we need to have, like, Beyonce, you know, at the opera house doing Carmen or whatever. I know she did that as a movie. But, you know, I'm just right. saying, like, we need to think people need to be creative, you know, I think, you know, offer really is lacking creativity right now. Like, I'm like, okay. you guys have no idea what I could do with a bunch of cardboard boxes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's really, that's kind of the scary part of now, you know, what I think, you know, the shutdowns and like, you know, how do you make this art form that's like, frankly, dying? How do you make it relevant? Not that it's not relevant, like the stories. Especially when you start getting into like the Verismo, you know, stories. They're real. They're raw. They're relatable. You know, um, mm-hmm. Carmen, for example. That's like a relatable opera. Like that's about real people. You know. Okay. And I think um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I have done you know some virtual choir performances through this pandemic. I have done. Uh, that was with LA Master Crawl with LA Opera. They had a partnership with like uh, the Keck School of Medicine, and I think they did something else uh, at UCLA where like it was like music as medicine, and we did virtual concerts from our house. And there's been a lot mm-hmm. of that, like the Met has done that or Houston Grand Opera. Um, but I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I thought your idea was like probably one of the most like brilliant ones I've heard so far. Of like, you know, we should make it like a virtual virtual reality you know, kind of situation where, like, you can virtually go to the opera. You know, I haven't seen that, and I haven't seen well, much yeah, I haven't seen, I mean, it ingenuity. Right. I mean, that's not the drive-in. So... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah it, yeah, it makes sense because I've seen DJs doing the virtual events where it's like you go, you log in, and you see the DJs mm-hmm. play at a virtual set, and it's dressed up, and they do their thing. Like the dubstep mm-hmm. guys, like I've seen it. Right. So right. it would only make sense for a performer such as yourself to do an AR or a VR performance mm-hmm. uh, virtually in, on a studio set with all the virtual mm-hmm. elements, you know, like on a screen mm-hmm. or backlit with all the modern technology for feature film. It only makes sense. So mm-hmm. now, what I'm 
thinking is I think the only thing that needs to happen is probably getting the financing and maybe the lighting company to do something like that. I'm sure people right. would pay tickets to see something like that. Right. But let me also bring this to your attention. So opera is a really old art form. We don't use microphones. Nothing is, I mean, on occasion it's been, you know, where like, I don't know, like maybe, like I've seen maybe a panel being mic'd or something because it's not too loud or not loud enough, like in the orchestra pit. Uh-huh. But like, we don't uh-huh. use microphones. Like, I feel like it's one of the art forms. I mean, all music should be live. People should be able to go listen to a concert or whatever, you know, and be there. Like, that's important. Like, that's energy. That's That's different than like being virtually someplace it's not the same you can't replace the energy of being in a group of people but i feel Mm -hmm. like that's definitely a challenge considering that like opera you know it's just this really old art form and you know we don't use microphones you know all the players are playing in the pits you know we have you know strings and brass and percussion and all of that and it's all done by live people with no um no uh, amplification. That's kind of the beauty of it. Uh, compared to like, like what how... you would do on Broadway. Um, I mean, I feel like the only thing they've done is just like streamed old, older productions. I like when we did Poor Game Best, they did a live stream of that. And that was amazing. And it was free for people to see like in Times Square, you know, or wherever. Huh. And I went to the movies to go see it in uh, HD because they do like live and or live in HD. And it's not okay. live. Well, maybe some of them are, but um, Porgy and Best wasn't when I went to see it. But um, it was that it was the recording of the live HD performance. So they have done stuff like that, but I don't know, you know, what the future is going to hold, you know, for these companies. I'm honestly, so it, I mean, not. For- Okay, so let me let me paint a picture for you. I I would paint a picture for you. So, for instance, all right, let's just say like Sophie Sophie Bank or Chase Manhattan or Bank of America, they sponsor an Mm -hmm. event, right? A full immersion event for Mm -hmm. a theater version of maybe Porgy and Bess or maybe Carmen, right? So basically, Mm -hmm. not only do the stage performers and the orchestra perform like in a virtual studio set where where it's just them and they're in a safe environment, but also right. your phone shows you information about the characters, the history of Porgy and Bess. Um, some of mm-hmm. the, the orchestra players, like they download their data, like they say like, okay, I played it this, this, and this, and that, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what this instrument is. So then kids can get involved and know what the artistry of that is. And they can learn about the people that are singing. Like, for instance, you, they know what a soprano is, and they know what the different versions of it. So it's an educational right. piece. It's, it's an entertainment and an educational piece with that. And then you have the virtual sets with the cool – graphics and all that stuff like that where people are just fully emerged into the whole performance mm-hmm. using their, their their mobile devices along with maybe their laptop or desktop computers. So it's not right. just like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and watch it. I'm like in it. Like, okay, I know this character is coming up. What is their involvement in this whole play? What is the dynamic with the other characters? 
blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Who's the set designer? That's pretty cool. I like that dress. Who made that? Like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's I what mean, I'm thinking. Typically, when you go, like, before you go to the opera, you're typically supposed to read the libretto or, like, you know, the text of the opera so you know what's going on. You do your research beforehand. I know that is just so scholarly, but that's what the expectation is. <laughs> no one reads. But yeah, I, I I know nobody reads. Oh my! Somebody pointed to the sign to a sign in the store. I was like, "Don't you know nobody reads?" No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm low, I'm low key when you're like picture this. I was like picture perfect. I paint a perfect picture. Okay, Tupac. So, <laughs> um, oh my god. <laughs> but um no i mean that's totally viable that's this definitely different i mean that would definitely be an expansion of the art form you know that's definitely i don't know it's kind of at a crossroads i mean we have all this technology and stuff at our fingertips and you know it's one of those great debate debates of like should opera be what it is or does it need to get with the time so it needs to get with the time because it's 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 art and like what is life without art you know mm-hmm. Right. Like we're, I mean, that's just what it is. It's just like eating food without salting your food or peppering your food. For real. <laughs> that's like, I already respected salt. That was already my favorite ingredient, but like now even more so. Like, man. Salt yeah, like magic. Thanks, thanks to Mr. Ruleman, now we know all the different salts. For real. Pink Himalayan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, okay. I, I definitely think opera needs some renewal and some relevance. And I don't know what the right fit for that is. Um, I have, I don't know. I'm like, I can't disclose half the things I've worked on because I signed contracts and I can't say anything. <laughs> and so, somebody had to die. It's okay. You don't have to tell I us. I love those NDAs. Um, but yeah, you know, I think you know, opera will. I'm hopeful that it will have its moment and make a resurgence. You know, everything is getting recycled. I feel old now because yeah. they bring back the '90s. So uh, oh, oh, oh. don't say that out loud because. That's the truth. That's okay. I was born in 91, gang, gang. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey. Uh, okay, so, I thought being uh, 30 uh, was old, but that's just the new, I feel like that's just the new awakening. Like, I don't know. We're living longer, so who really cares? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so right now, uh, do you have current mentors? Um, I have tormentors. No, I'm just kidding. In my head. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. No, nah, I'm a lot nicer <laughs> to myself. I, I definitely have positive self-talk now, you know. But, uh-huh. you know, we all got that shadowy part, and I confront that, too. I'm like, well, that wasn't nice, but I said it, so oh well. Um, do I have mentors? Wow. Um, no. Um, I feel like there are people that have reached out to me and like maybe wanted to have that kind of rapport with me, but like nothing ever really flourished. Like I really haven't found like my person or like my, I don't know, people that like, I don't know, that I click with or whatever. Like maybe I didn't make the effort, you know, 
for it. They or didn't the make the effort. Of people like, you're like, man, I'm really, this is sucking right now. Like, what do I do? Like, that that person you can talk to. Do I mean, have yeah, that I, I have definitely, you know, um, Morris Robinson, he's a um, bass. Mm-hmm. You know, I have definitely talked to him about, um, you know, the just thing. for advice, you know, or like, uh, oh, man, I had just a shit sandwich. I don't know. Bad things happening <laughs> all at once. And, uh, you know, have definitely laid that down. He's been there for me for that, you know. I feel like he's a mentor for a lot of uh Classical, especially black, you know, classical or opera singers, you know. Okay. Uh, Angel Blue and, um, yeah, I would say those two, you know, definitely have helped me in time, you know, when I needed help or when I asked for help or they've offered help. Um, Those are your people. Yeah, they're okay. good people. Do you, oh, and so with the mentors, oh, Janae, you have that you... Janae Bridges, Uh-oh. too. Uh-oh. Um, Mezzo-Soprano. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've had people reach out to me, and I have, you know, hit people back. But, you know, I, I tend to kind of keep to myself, you okay. know, for now. You know, my circle is very small. Now I'm telling myself. Okay. But I, I told you I was going to bring myself today. So okay. here I am. <laughs> uh, what, is, what is it? My sister's friend. I like this. I'm going to quote them. I don't know their name. I'm sorry. But they said, my circle is as small as my belly button. Well, that's me. So that's but I have a really good support system. So, okay. you know, my circle doesn't have to be super huge. No. You know, and I really have to fill my way and like trust people, you know, and I feel like trust, you know, there's some people that like you can trust immediately, and some people you got to sit back and watch, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like a combination of like discerning and like, uh, you know, observing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but okay. you know, I don't know. When I think of a mentor, I think of like somebody that is doing exactly what you want to do, how you want to do it, and like, I haven't yeah. met that person. That person is oh, me. Yeah. So I got to be my own mentor to a certain degree because I'm kind of opening up a whole nother can of worms, like of like what I can be as a human being, what I can be as a musician, as an artist, you know. Okay. So mentor. So so we did the mentor. Is there a person that you look up to right now? Like for me, for creative, creatively, like names I have, like Mark Romanek. Ryan Coogler, uh, Anton Fuquay, Scott Rid- uh, Ridley Scott. Like, do you have a mm-hmm. person that you look up to for for as, the singing? As far as singing? Yeah. I don't know. Like right now, I'm like just really trying to like. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Is there like really somebody that like is doing what? I want to do and like I haven't really found that person like I feel like they're okay. I don't know I must say no on that. I'm sure there's somebody that comes close to it I feel like I study everybody and study no one at the same time if that makes Got sense it. 
No, that's that's fair. Um, that's fair. There's no right or wrong answer, you know. Everybody's answer is different, you know. Mhm. But yeah, I'm watching so, everybody. I'm studying everything uh, and taking it in the information. But there's not like somebody that I go to for this. You know, I feel like it goes back to what I was saying about the singers. Like there are certain singers that like if you want a phrase, like okay, if we're talking about pop music, phrasing, Nat King Cole, you want somebody mm-hmm. who knows how to phrase. A music or a line as a singer and put the accents on the right part of the word and sing beautifully like that's who you listen to so I feel like those are the same kind of things like you know you listen to this person for this or that person for that so I feel like a little bit of everybody and also nobody because I'm trying to I spend a lot of time studying everybody and it's like where do I fit in now I need to study me I need to find me figure out who me is and then study that and put that together with everything else. That's where I'm at hmm. right now. Got it. All right. Damn, that's, that's – it's kind of strong and kind of dope for you to say that. It's like I'm not really worried about what anybody else is doing. I'm too, too focused on me to understand who I am, for me to be a better person in what I'm doing. I think that's what you're kind of yeah. saying, right? Okay. That's okay. exactly what I'm saying. Okay. You know, yeah, and that's, that, that's hard, dope. but I feel like when you know yourself, you're able to cultivate what's special about you and present that to people. Like that's what we want to hmm. see. That's what I want to see. I want to see people be themselves. You know, I'm hella right. quirky. You know, so I've been told. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I am lucky. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, um, you know, that's what makes me me. And, like, that's what people want to see. Like, you know, I had one of the biggest, like, kind of, like, backhanded compliments. So there's this really big competition. I I feel like I can talk about it now because I'm not eligible to compete anymore. In the classical world, it's the Metropolitan Opera National Council auditions. They're put on by the Metropolitan Opera. Um, They look for, like, young, promising singers that I think are under 30. Yeah, because I'm 30, and last year was my last year to audition. But, like, I, I really I really have worked on, like, coming to a place of, like, artistry. Who am I, and, like, what special about me can I bring to this music that's been saying over and over and over again? Like, how do I make this different? Well, I don't make it different by doing anything but just being myself. So that's what I did. And, you know, I... You know, I, I wasn't insulting or anything. Like, the critique was really good, but they were just, like, you brought something just so, like, unique and, like, just so real. And, like, we really appreciate that. But it was, like, all of this and then at the same time, but, like, you know, you've already done X, Y, and Z, so, like, we can't advance you. Like, you already have a career. I'm, like, well, I do, but then I kind of don't. But I, okay. But, um it was just kind of that. So, like, that audition for that competition, I guess what I'm saying is, like, at least I accomplished what I came here to do, which is, like, be myself and bring myself to this music that has been sung by 50 million people. That's where I'm trying to get okay. at. Got it. So, that that's a whole nother level. There's levels to this. <laughs> you know, I... I hear what you're saying. At the same time, while I'm thinking about what you're saying, and 
it's this thing about people being in positions of power, like how do they get there and how they get to mm-hmm. dicti- dictate what's right and wrong or mm-hmm. who goes where and what allows them to do that. Right. So, I don't know, it's just it's just some, a question that I just, a long-going rhetorical question that I kind of think to myself when I just contemplate when people do stuff like that. You know, that's the thing of, like, I brought all these things that, you know, I thought the competition was looking for, but then I didn't advance. Like, but, you know, that's what happens. Just because, the name of the game because you had a career. For work, whatever. Work is like, for whatever reason. Yes. You know. It's okay. I mean, yes. I don't, for me, I'm just like, if the door is not open, I'm not meant to walk through it. And, like, I'm not. I'm not salty about it. Like, right. it's, it's it's all good, you know. But I just said that to say that, like, you know, should I have advanced? Like, yes. But then, you know, maybe I'm not what they're looking for. Or, like, you know, maybe I have too many credentials to do this or whatever the reason. Oh, it, it God. Doesn't matter, but, really? You know. The, the credential but, I mean, thing? I mean, I don't know. You know, people make excuses. I feel like people don't evolve, like, as adults. Like, people still don't know how to just speak their truth. Like, I don't know why, like, people mistreat other people. Like, instead of mistreating somebody, why don't you just say, I don't like you. Stay the hell away from me. You know what I mean? Like, just be honest. Like, it might be hurtful, but, like, I feel like that's better than, like, you know, trying to, you know, slip slide your way out of saying what you're trying to say. Like, just say it. Right. But, okay, um, so wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait Alana, we got a question. We got a question from uh, nope. uh, an audience uh, oh, in the comment section. Hi. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the X Factor, America's Got Talent, and does she believe in those shows to make a star in the opera because they do produce stars? Does she agree? Do you agree with that? I- so I love those shows. I watch those shows because there are so many talented people. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like I haven't seen really any of the singers that did. What is the young lady's name? I feel like, is it like Yanka? I don't know. She has like a Russian name or like a Slavic name of some sort. It's like a little uh-huh. girl who's like has blonde hair. I remember her being on America's Got Talent. She had a beautiful voice, and she was so young. I'm like, how can your voice be developed at this age? I feel like what generally happens is, like, they never make the crossover from, like, that pop mainstream to, like, opera. It more so becomes, like, an Andrea Bocelli kind of thing where, like, he's a concert artist, and he travels all over the world, and, like, he might do some scenes from this opera, you know, also, Andrea Bocelli is blind, too, so that's a factor, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I mm-hmm. Yeah, so that could be a factor as to why, you know, he's not performing in opera. I, I don't know, you know, about his voice, how it carries in a hall, all that stuff, you know, him not singing a mic. But, yeah, I feel like there's not, there's definitely a disconnect between popular music and crossing over into the, you know, uh, classical or, like, operatic uh, genre. So while I love those shows, I haven't seen it. That doesn't mean that it can't happen. Um, okay. I don't know. For me, uh, I wouldn't want to go on those shows. I don't like the contract that comes with it. Uh, but, you know, somebody can do okay. that absolutely if they, you know. Yeah. Oh, I got another question. You ready? Oh, Lord. Okay. This I don't know why I'm calling God. God ain't going to help me right now. I'm just kidding. 
Like, if God was going to help you, you should have just not went on a phone call. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you think Simon Cowell is hot? Do I think Simon Cowell is hot? Yeah. Um, question. No. But no. no, but I'm sure to somebody, you know, he has a baby now. So I guess they had to think he was hot in order to make that baby. So there you go. Folks. I know. Somebody, somebody. Different strokes for different you know. folks. You know uh, what is know. hot about him now? He's a lot kinder. I think that's. Yeah, because he has a kid. He can't be that's evil. Attractive. He can't be evil with kids. Nah, he's gone soft. I think he cried one time on TV. So, <laughs> He's like the way this so, stacking you know, those blocks. That's attractive. It's not right for women. You can't stop. Yes. Can't stack blocks like that. Yes, I, I think it's. I think it's very. I think it's very honorable that you know he's able to show emotion. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think yeah. it's great that he's he's softened up. He's he's able to to you know. I don't know. Be humane. I feel like some of the things he said were, like, so inhumane. But then at the same time, I'm like, I think those things are in my head. So I'm not going to judge. <laughs> Dang. That's hard. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Okay. I'd be so saying stuff. Remarks. I'd be like, oh, my God. Closing remarks. Uh, top five pieces of advice for somebody who wants to do what you're doing? I would just say with anything, do something with because you love it and because you're doing it with intention. Like, I feel like nobody is singing classical music and opera that doesn't like classical music and opera. You know, people really have a love and appreciation for it. I sometimes have a love-hate relationship, but, you know, I love music and I'm, I'm open. So, you know, I would definitely say that. Um, I would definitely say keep people around you that, you know, are going to tell you the truth. And not just stroke your ego, um, because that really doesn't help you in the long run. Um, don't take mm. things too personally, because most of the time when people tell you or give you critique, it's usually their opinion. It's not really constructive, and most of the time it's not even about you. Like I had, right. I sang someone, and somebody just commented that my dress was too short. I'm like, okay, what about my singing? Okay, nothing. I what does that have to do with singing? So, so random. Exactly. So you know, I just. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, those would be my piece of advice. Do things because you love doing them. Um, do what, whatever you're doing, do it with intention. Uh, don't take, take things personally and keep people around you that won't lie to you. All right. Okay, wait. And okay, things. so. Uh, we got uh, another question. This is supposed to be 30 minutes. No, just kidding. I know, but I mean, but hey. You know what you're doing, man. So just expect that. Uh, here's another question: How do you rest your voice after a performance? How do you rest it? Um, by going to sleep. I don't know. I don't have a regimen for like taking care of my voice. I just let it do what it needs to do. Like if I'm feeling tired or hoarse, like and that just may mean I need to just be quiet and drink some tea with lemon and ginger or something. Um, but I don't really have a regimen. Obviously, I'm not going to go to, like, Six Flags and, like, you know, scream on some roller coasters and then go sing. What? Um, you don't do that? I have done that. I did that in high school. You know, I forget I what most. that spray is called. It tastes disgusting, but, like, you can spray it and, like, it will, like, help your vocal cords. Some people have taken steroids, you know, oh, wow. to make their voice 
you know, work for them if they had some injury or something. But it could be dangerous. Um, uh You've got to be careful with that. But, yeah, I don't know. For me, I just, you know, I don't know. I feel like at this point, some days I don't even sing. Sometimes I just go play my keyboard. Um, you know, I just think for me, it's like more of an intuitive thing. You know, once again, you got to know your instrument. You got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And like, if you're singing with, if you're singing music by composers that knew what they were doing, I love Verdi. Verdi knew what he was doing. He knew how to write for voice. He knew when to bring the orchestra down so that it's your time to sing. They need to shut up. And when are the dramatic points? And at what point can somebody sing dramatically? Like, it, it just all makes sense. Like, I like composers like that. You know, there are other composers that, like, I don't know, I can't even really, I don't want to say trash Wagner, but, like, you know, everybody has their, like, opinions on Wagner. He's very controversial, you know, for his views, which are anti-Semitic. Um, oh, no. You know, that's whether that's okay, you know, but, like, we still use his music, you know, most famously, Flight of, Flight of the Valkyrie. Everybody knows that. You know, or okay, the so wedding march. Okay, so I guess I'm not going to finish that. But no, no, you're not. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so you mentioned you mentioned remedies. Okay, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> funny. Uh, does honey and Vaseline work? Have you heard anybody using honey and Vaseline for the throat? Uh, for what? For their vocal cords? For the throat. Uh, honey's really yeah. good. Honey's anti-inflammatory. I don't know about Vaseline. I mean, I guess you apply that to your chest. Maybe that's if you're experiencing congestion. I think it has eucalyptus or something. I mean, there are plenty uh-huh. of natural herbs and rem- remedies. I mean, obviously, you sort of make sure you're well-rested and not stressed out. Like, stress is the oh. enemy on so many levels. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's the thing. That's why people take edibles, no names included. Yep, edibles can help too. You know, I know people that take edibles, you know, maybe not the day of the show, but maybe before or after. It helps them relax. You know, whatever works. You know, that's the thing with medicine. You know, all bodies are different. It's not that, you know, not every regimen is for everybody. Everybody has to have their own specific thing that works for them. Okay. But for me, I just feel like making sure that you stay hydrated. I feel like that's generally... That's a general rule. That's a general rule. rule. Just water and Just stuff. stay hydrated. Yeah. Or like watermelon with some salt. Right. Uh, okay. All right. That's different. Hey. All right. So, uh, Alana, thank you. Oh, my yes. gosh. Okay. Wait. Th- our, our audience is just hungry. They have questions. Oh, that's okay. good. All right. Yes. Hey, wait, wait. No, this is good. You got a, you got a compliment. They said they loved you. They said you're an awesome guest. Oh. That is so sweet. Is that my mom? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh, thank uh, you. That's so sweet. I know you, you got a, you got a really good compliment. So, uh, thank you, that audience members, for the compliment. Appreciate that. Um, Alana, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, I'm glad to get, actually get this talk and actually get educated on classical music. We're going to look up some of those uh, people that you mentioned in the yeah. 
some interviews. Lantine, so get more girl, Lantine Price. <laughs> Yeah. Just go listen and, to everything she said. That, uh, Just listen to everything that, she's saying. And I can get that uh, <laughs> virtual concert going. For real. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I sounded, I probably did what your podcast name was, Scatter, Chattered, a lot. So no, <laughs> on that fine. note. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I'm before you go, where, like, can people, where can people reach you? Where would you prefer people reaching you at? Uh, you can reach me on any social media platform that's fine, Instagram, Facebook. Um, hopefully I have a website soon, but I'll I'll keep that updated on social media. I'll try to do better. You know, I'm a, kind of an introvert, and I'm not really on social media that much. Um, so what's but your, okay, I'm going to do what's better. Your, what's your Instagram? What's your IG for people to – Oh, at Alana Garnier. Okay. Garnier, and like the hair Facebook. shampoo. Yeah. Yeah, my first name is spelled uniquely. I was gonna say weird, but unique. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on there. I G F B do people say F B? F B I Yeah. They just rhyme. That's why I was trying to say I G F B you can reach me. Hey, no, I'm just kidding. Hey. <laughs> Gotta have a, a operatic rap battle. I'm just kidding. Oh snap! <laughs> <laughs> What's your FB? See, lady? I, told you, I told you I'm not taking myself so seriously now, so I'm trying not to. I'm making oh, the it's effort. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Your F- Are your you sure? Facebook, did you want to drop that? Did you want to drop that? You want to let Oh yeah! Know? Oh my gosh, that name. I probably should change it, but I kept it. So it is at Opera Diva Goddess. I know what you guys are thinking. That sounds very vain, but I've been called all those things. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to just put them together. That's better <laughs> than some other things I've been called. Okay. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right. Opera Diva Goddess. I think Facebook.com forward slash Opera Diva Goddess. Oh, that is so weird. But that's that's it's still there. That's my Facebook page, or um, I guess you could friend request me on Facebook under my name, Alana Garnier. But uh, if I haven't met you in real life, I may not accept your friend request. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's, that's just what it is, right? That's you honesty. Honesty is the best policy, y'all. Yeah, it is. Heads up. All right, so not that I say much on there. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so that's it uh we'll see see you guys next wednesday and thank you again alana and we're out that's it all right see you bye for now Round two, name something that's not boring 
a laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. <laughs> 